and welcome to this new episode of the Positive Impact Business Podcast. I'm here today with Zoe Lowe, who is the um, CEO. Should I say CEO? How do you want to be called, Zoe? Oh, that sounds so I normally just say founder. Founder. <laughs> so the founder of Sorcery, which is a wholesale sustainable shopping supermarket. Kind we're, of. An, um, we're an online wholesale marketplace for local sustainable products. Brilliant. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, obviously, it way better than I do because you are the founder of Sorcery and you're going to tell us everything about it today. Um, for those who never listened uh, to the Positive Impact Business podcast before, let me uh, tell you a bit more about what it is. We are a community of positive impact entrepreneurs who are trying to change the way business is done, to change the way, um, I guess, through economy and through how business work maybe change our society and to make it, you know, a bit better, you know, a bit fairer, a bit more ethical, a bit more sustainable um, for us and generations to come. And this podcast is dedicated to these business and these entrepreneurs who are striving um, and uh, really working hard to make this happening and we are here to learn about their story but also if you are yourself a positive impact entrepreneur you're thinking about starting your positive impact business um, this is your chance as well to learn from other entrepreneurs and their story and their journey and see you know learning from their experience so you can maybe skip some steps you know and move a bit quickly um, forward quickly oh my god today is terrible please um, forgive me for my babbling today. I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure we're going to have an amazing chat today. So please, Zoe, tell us a lo- uh, tell us everything about sorcery and tell us more about you know where did it all started? Why did you start at sorcery in the first place? Sure. Um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to be here. I love your podcast. Um, so. um so yeah like i said sorcery is an online marketplace for local sustainable products um so i actually have a slightly random kind of career background uh when i first graduated i only wanted to work in charities because social impact was really important to me and i actually uh worked in charities for three years um whilst also helping in different uh, startups as well and then i went back to do a master's um, at the LSE on political economy of late development, where we look at things like, you know, 200 years of development, like how does it happen? Um, and, you know, both from my experience working in charities where I felt like at least um, a lot of, it because the beneficiaries and the donors were different people, um, then there's always a little bit of attention in terms of, well, what should be the priority? Like who should really have the agency and, um, and also uh, when I studied the masters, it was very clear that actually often it's economic structures and like the systems of our everyday life that changes, you know, that really changes like the, the big changes. And that's when um, I thought, okay, I want to actually go into the business world and understand how business decisions are made and then how these micro decisions change how everything works. Um, and so I ended up working um, uh, moving to China and actually working in Apple and counterfeiting um, for a company called Prana Ricard um, for uh, basically um, working on putting QR codes on every single um, bottle so then we can trace it from warehouse to 
wholesaler to retailer to consumer, and then um, you, and then uh, basically use that to understand how everything works. And it, through that, I found a way to use it for marketing, this intelligence, all these kind of things. And it meant that I understand how big, like you know, started to understand a bit more of how big corporations work. And then since then, I moved into consulting, where I've spent uh, after that um, eight years in consulting, um, working for companies like IKEA, Johnson Johnson, um, to companies like EDF, looking at how to um, basically launch new products and services or start meet completely new businesses for them. Um, and it's been really, really useful to help me understand how things work. And, um, and I've always kind of thought, I really want to use these skills to really do what I'm passionate about. You know, throughout this time, I've been involved with seven different startups. I've, you know, helped out on different things that, but they're always a side thing. And I always kind of thought one day I would want to use these skills that I've gained to do something that I really believe in. Um, so yeah, so I guess that was always at the back of my mind until Christmas last year. Um, I was chatting to one of my friends um, who's a restaurant manager and she was saying how she was trying to make more sustainable choices for a restaurant, but it was quite difficult. Um, she said she had to read up and do a lot of research to figure out you know, what's more sustainable, this packaging or that packaging, all those kind of things. But also because a lot of these suppliers are smaller suppliers, she ended up with 200 suppliers and then she spent a lot of time trying to consolidate it because it was just an admin nightmare. Um, so I kind of thought, well, yeah, there must be something out there that's easier and I searched and I couldn't find something. And so I thought, well, maybe this is something I can do. Um, so yeah, I, that's when the idea started. Um, and I left um, RGA, um, which where I was a um, associate director in there. Uh, consulting department um, to launch this um, and so half a year later I have just launched um, so uh, yeah and it's you launched last month in in October I think um, in October in, in, um, yeah. in August you launched yeah yeah time just passes way too quickly <laughs> everything feels like oh that was yesterday um, but yeah so um, and you know, it's been an amazing journey for me. The thing that I really love about this is um, I think this is a way to make it easier for um, small retailers to differentiate themselves, um, especially against larger um, supermarkets like the Sainsbury's and Tesco's of the world. Um, so it's good for them, but it's also good for the small suppliers I work with. And to be honest, just meeting the suppliers I work with I think it's really inspirational how much they've done. And so the idea of helping them grow their business as well really motivates me. I'm sorry, I just realized I've been ranting, so. No, that's fine. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, you're passionate about it and it is a passionate, um, it is a very interesting topic. And I, what I love about your business outside of, you know, the essence of it, which is to provide a sustainable option and, and the, the ease to get access to these sustainable options to retailers, um, but also, you know, restaurants and other, um, I guess, business who would need supply from um, other businesses, you know, um, wholesale. Uh, what, what I love about it is that, as you just mentioned, you are impacting, you are impacting three, actually three audiences. Directly, you're impacting 
the people who are trying to sell their product to more businesses and you help them build, you know, grow their brand and you're impacting the, re the retailers who are trying to have more sustainable options in their um, catalogs and what they offer to consumer. And the third party is obviously consumers themselves. Um, by providing that ease of access. And I think that's where a lot of consumers struggle to to get, even though there is more and more, because I mean, they're popping out every day, but even, even though there's more sustainable choices available, it is still a struggle to, it is still kind of a huge effort, I feel, for consumer to make a, um, an active choice to go and make the effort um, to buy more sustainably and uh, unless it's already on the shelf in the shop and that's you know that's the hard transition that we need to see happening and it's through people like you that this is going to happen so i'm really like i i love the whole you know the 360 degree um impact that your business is going to is going to enable that's the word <laughs> i mean you make me blush here. Well <laughs> um, done. You should be proud. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, you know, before I started this, I went through my own personal journey of trying to become more sustainable, and um, you know, everything from using soap bars and shampoo bars instead of like shower gel, um, or things like um, getting uh, sponges that are compostable. All these things but because for me i just had to order everything online and to meet minimum deliveries there's only so much you know like there are only so many sponges i need right <laughs> and so it, it does make a little bit you know harder and i do think that for a lot of um places and you know i actually live in tottenham in london and you can see here how the local communities are changing and it's gentrifying and um and i think it's you know and you can see that it's very much crying out for this type of product um but at the same time um when i look at some areas that have already been gentrified so say like if you look at muswell hill it's really sad that a lot of the corner shops have disappeared the only ones that are that still survive are specialist ones because there's an ms there there's a sainsbury's there um there's a waitrose there and I also don't want that to be the case, you know, and so I think like it in my ideal scenario as we grow, I would want to develop a microgrid of lots of small retailers and lots of small mm. brands so then they can kind of directly buy from each other through the platform. Yeah. I love that. And and on the topic of sustainability, I think in a second, I'll ask you, I'm asking you the question now, but you can answer it in a minute. Um, what is your definition of sustainability? Because often, I mean, I feel like the last year or so, that became like such a trendy word for good reason, for bad reason. But unfortunately, um, there is that huge shortcut and misconception about sustainability that it's all about being more ecological less you know less carbon footprint these kind of things less wasteful and that kind of thing that's actually just one aspect of sustainability and there are actually three major pillar which is um 
people profit planet, right? Um, and planet ecology and, you know, trying to be more um, mindful of the environmental impact that we have is great, but it's just one aspect. And I think with what you're doing as well, um, I'm just coming back to that, that idea that you just said about, um, you know, having that network of retailers, but also the fact that you don't want to see your neighbor your neighborhood like change so much and not have this little corner shop because they're part of they're part or of community life right and it's it, they are part of what makes our everyday life as well you know sustainable if that makes sense in the sense that um well if you can shop local you don't need to buy from you know 30,000 kilometers away you know and import from everywhere so yeah, tell us more about your vision, like your um, your take on sustainability and how that kind of integrates together. Because I really want to hear it from you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I think there are so many aspects of it. I mean, first of all, um, in terms of what products we allow on our um, platform, there's uh, we have a list of criteria. There are like twenty five different. Um, things that uh, make something sustainable and we do focus on the environmental part for that um, so they could be things like made from waste product compostable recyclable um, zero waste um, and I put this together with a friend who uh, works at the environmental think tank C40 um, so there's someone who's much more qualified <laughs> than I am to actually look at that um, and so any company that's on um, on our platform, they tick at least two of the boxes um, to be on there. And for every single product, we actually have a question on there that is displayed on the site on like what makes your product more sustainable than um, other similar products. So that's kind of, I guess, the clear environmental part. Um, but other than that, yeah, the community part is really important, I think. Um, I, I, I actually find it very sad that whether I go to a corner shop in, um, say, Edinburgh or Dudley, yes, I've been there, um, Fort William um, or like London, you always get the same products. Um, and it's- Yeah, because, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's a bit of a shame. And, and if you think about it as well, like there's, and it's because Everyone shops at Costco's or like Booker's. And by the way, Booker's is also owned by Tesco's. Um, so it's very, um, I, I think there's something about bringing more color and having more of a closer community um, that's important. And I think building those links are really important. And, you know, the, like we said about the corner shops as well, you know, when I go to visit a lot of these corner shops that you can see that when people come in, the owners know them. They go, oh, how's your cat? You know, I heard that was sick the other day and things like that. And yeah, you know, that what gels, you know, communities together. And mm. I think there, if we can be that missing link, um, that would be really wonderful. And another part um, to what we're building is, you know, we always get asked, do you want to have centralized warehousing? No, we absolutely do not want that. You know, I don't want to be the next Costco. That is mm. not what we're trying to do. It, actually, by building these networks that all interact with each other, the idea is um, 
the suppliers will send the products directly to the buyers. Um, so it's a bit more of a drop shipping model. And I think that's actually by design and it's important because then you don't have that extra transport of going to a different warehouse and back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's also how we're trying to build all of this in to um, the, the system itself. And another thing that is important to us and I think like makes us a bit different from like just going to Amazon and buying something is we do try and you know go through the descriptions but also how we work with um, our buyers we help them understand a bit more about the product and actually what products might be most suitable for their audience um, because for example if you're selling um, beeswax wraps which is a good alternative for cling film um, and it's reusable um, and biodegradable but the way that you use it will be different from cling film so that means the um, the store owner to be able to you know actually sell this um, successfully to a consumer they would have to understand this product why is it better than an existing product why you know and how would they use it so those kind of things and um, be able to help them understand why stocking these products would be good for you. Why, you know, like which ones you might want to try first that maybe wouldn't occupy as much space. That would be a good star product and like how to then drive that sale. Um, that's kind of what we're hoping to achieve as well. So if, yes, we are a wholesale marketplace, but we're hoping to um, facilitate in the you're not just a replacement you're not just a sustainable option replacement for a product you want to create a you know um, relationship with your customers with the suppliers and make sure that you can also um, allow them to you know through 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 them of course, but through through the products that they implement in their shop, you can also help them grow and understand better, you know, what products would work more. Do I have uh, millennials, families coming to my corner shop every day or is it more, you know, boomers? Um, are they Gen Z? Like what kind of customers do I have the most? Is it more children who are coming and do the shopping or is it the teenagers, you know? And then understanding what's gonna, drive more buying for this or that and i think that's great that you're bringing that um i, I don't recall i mean obviously i don't know <laughs> i don't know the whole internet and i don't know the whole world it's probably people doing that but um at on the top of my head i can't ima I, I don't think about um a wholesaler who does that who does um bring that um how to say that a company a company is that the right word who accompany their customers to you know use their product so that you know you're not just selling them something you're you're bringing more to their to their shop i and uh, i'm finding hard to find the right words to express myself right now i'm just hoping to give a bit more support than i guess the average that's it you're supporting them as well exactly that's the word i was looking for <laughs> so yeah um i would really love to know more about 
what kind of challenges that you faced when you very first started to understand a bit more where where you come from, you know, six months, eight or eight months back in time, what are the big things that you faced and that maybe you weren't expecting at all and be like, <gasps> what am I doing with this? Or what am I doing now? Or what am I doing altogether? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and how, and how did you, how did you overcome them? You know, what, what helped you overcome these challenges? Um, wow. Uh, to be honest, it feels like there's just so much I can say about this. <laughs> I can go on forever. But I think there's, um, I mean, with starting any new business, you always start off with some assumptions and then, you know, often they're not true. Um, so it's just having to go through all of these. Um, so first of all, um, when I first started, as I said, I was talking to a friend to end a restaurant um, and I wasn't sure, you know, are restaurants really my target or like who, who are my target? Um, so I ended up interviewing a lot of people. So I spoke to um, some restaurants, cafes, but also um, a load of office managers. Um, so it turns out office managers buy a lot of milk. Apparently that's a key purchase item. There you go, random knowledge. Um, and also uh, looked at, you know, what if I was more like a middleman for um, uh, say like Etsy um, but, uh, sellers uh, for like packaging, that type of thing. Um, also, yeah, I looked, I talked to quite a lot of different people um, and through that I, and also spoke to a lot of zero waste store owners um, and that's kind of, through that I realized okay actually for restaurants the products that they really are looking for is more like in raw ingredients and that's more to do with say like connections of farms and stuff which is very complicated and I it just isn't some a challenge that I can really deal with um I looked at office managers and I felt that actually that's not really where the big impact would be um obviously with COVID the you know, work environment has also changed. So we're yet to see how much people actually go back to our office environment. Um, and then there's, um, yeah, and so like through all these different things, I did more and more research into um, the different uh, types of businesses and actually just going into shops and talking to people, which is not necessarily my comfort zone. Um, so all those things, um, so I guess those are different things that I learned um so also because having spent all this time as a as a consultant right so i'm quite i'm very comfortable giving presentations to like a i don't know like a ceo or like really senior person in a company that's absolutely fine um but actually going in and then talking to basically elevated pitching um a corner shop owner and trying to figure out you know are you the owner or should i be talking to someone else like you know that type of thing it's um it, it's more daunting um that that's something i found quite hard and you know it's not that we never did user research but i think it's very different when i don't know you get a research company who finds you uh five people to interview about a product um versus actually just going and standing into in a store and then just trying to you know convince someone that you're not a con man 
and uh, please talk to me and uh, you know this might actually be interesting for you um, so yeah but how can you can you tell us more about this experience because I feel like <clears throat> in any case you know whether it's a corner shop owner or just like a just random consumer I think that talking directly to your potential customers uh, or audience is really hard but yeah. it's like the best exercise you could ever do and in terms of what you're going to learn and take away from this conversation you will never take as much in a survey online or that kind of thing so i'd love for you to tell us more about this because um <clears throat> i always preach about it i bang on the head of people about it <laughs> But having someone, you know, talking about it for themselves, you know, is really important because it's from your experience. So can you tell us more about that? How was it for you? And what did you learn out of it? How was it useful and dreadful at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was incredibly useful. Um, so talking, you know, going into shop, actually, uh, I, first of all, I noticed that how, um, I guess uh, as a newcomer, right, you just think, okay, convenience store, but actually, you know, they're all, they all have different characteristics and they tend to be family businesses. And so there are things that I realized that just standing there before I even talk to someone looking at the stock, it's easier to understand, okay, is this an owner that will be more likely to um, be interested in something? So some stores already started selling some organic, like tin tomatoes, stuff like that. You can see like some of them um, uh, are collect plus spots, then you know that, okay, they are open to doing something digital. Um, and so those are things, some of the things I learned. And then obviously you talk to them. And so I learned a lot more of actually the products they care a lot more about are, um, are like alcohol products because that's what they sell the most of. Um, and so all the other household items, I think, it's um it's something that I'm still trying to figure out you know is this actually a good thing for them to do because maybe that would increase the use cases because right now most people go to corner shops when it's convenient but they don't do the weekly shop um in the corner shop um except in rural areas where they do um so in which case uh you know if you add these products potentially this could be a reason for new customers to come to you and have new use cases but that would be very different in terms of the positioning of just saying adding an additional product to like a range yeah. that you really do um so those are some of the things and also i realized that actually often um because family businesses are very different from uh corporates as i found out um so people have different roles as a matter so of fact <laughs> so things like you know uh you know, the, the husband does like all the purchasing, but actually the wife does all the digital things because she's like on her phone more. And um, so then like, actually you need to talk to both of them because you talk to one of them and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah but you need to ask my wife. And then he talks to the wife and the wife is like, yeah, yeah, yeah but like, he's the one who does the purchasing. So you're like, okay, how can I get both of you? <laughs> so Let's go of for coffee guys. <laughs> yeah, actually, exactly. But um, well, also that's the other thing. So. The typical um, corner shop owner works more than 60 hours a week, you know, they, they have no time. Um, so actually just like talking to 
them and understanding what are the pressure points, like what are the things that they care about. So convenience is super important, margin is super important. Like how do I make that um, kind of more obvious in the design of our site? But there's also things like talking to, um, to I was talking to another corner shop owner and she was saying how, um, you know, she's lived in the local area for 19 years um, and she sees how the people have changed. It used to be a lot more families. Now it's a lot more students, um, you know, or people who just like move in and out in like two, three years um, and how actually co-op opening right opposite her, how that's changed things. So just actually understanding the mindset, um, mm. what was really helpful in understanding, okay, these are the people that I really want to design for. Mm. Um, and how do I put myself into their shoes and then think about, okay, when they go onto my site, like, what do they think? Would they care about this? Maybe they don't yes. care about this. Yes, yes. Yes, sorry, I'm just really excited because you're just, you're just confirming everything that I say all the time. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's exactly what that's exactly why talking to people to people directly is so powerful because you get to you get to at some point, you know, learn so much about them. You see patterns, you see habits that are, you know, starting to build and you're like, right, I can really picture you know what it's like to be in their shoes and that's how you can create a, a product an offer a site whatever that is that resonate with them and that goes beyond that and that goes with your brand that goes with your marketing and everything that you do so that what you're offering is really um centered around them rather than um rather than what you the assumptions you have about them and that's really important to differentiate both and it's good to have assumption and hypothesis but you still need to confront them to reality and hence the talk with people so now that's great i'm i'm really glad that you managed to do that and i believe um that's an ongoing journey that's not something you do once that's something you're probably going to batch badge do once when you start the business and you're going to do like a lot of it obviously when you start because you need a lot of data yeah. but it's still something that you're going to keep doing ongoing you know it's like an ongoing thing that you're going to keep doing to keep refining what you're doing as you go because your customer base just like your shop owner who's been 19 years in the neighborhood and seen you know families and student and this and that you got to keep moving with what's you know with your audience and how they change they're changing as well so yeah yeah i mean i have to say like uh it was really helpful talking to you before because i remember we had a conversation about um you know forgetting the questions you want to ask and just like going as a human which sounds so stupid but it's so true and helpful oh god i'm so glad that was helpful <laughs> i was wondering yeah do you have any like tips on like i guess what other because especially when you're approaching people and they don't necessarily have a lot of time or also like it's hard to know if they're the right stakeholder um mm. you know do you have any tips on how you would approach this so um i'm a bit of a control freak in the sense that um well i don't know if that's right but I've got that kind of like irrational fear of rejection. So I will always plan things to make it work for me. 
um, and avoid rejection at all points. Like that sounds crazy, but it works. I mean, it works for me somehow. It does work for me. Um, so the way if I if I was in your shoes with with my, my mental state, I would be like, um, I would first probably you know scan. Okay, this is the area I want to focus on first. How many corner shop are they? Can I find any information about them online first and foremost? You know, what can I gather? What kind of information can I gather without even seeing them ever? Then I would probably go to the store and get a glance and understanding, you know, is it the, as you were saying, like just looking at the shelves, you can tell maybe that these kind of product or that kind of maybe actually not at all because it really sounds like that's not going to work for them or they're not going to be open to it you know so you i would stop doing that then refine your list of people potential that you want to talk with and i would probably try and phone them first like just phone them and get to see like can i speak to the to the owner can i speak to the manager or um you know and trying to just like present myself and explain this is what i'm doing this is what i'm trying to do and to ensure that what i'm doing um is actually answering actual needs of people like you it would be really useful for me if i could have just like a casual conversation with you um, is there any time for you during the week I can pop in at a, at a time where it's quiet and, you know, you don't have so much to do and that's, you know, probably better for you. I can bring a coffee or a tea, whichever you prefer, you know, I would probably get it that way rather than necessarily go direct in the shop because I feel like, and, and I know you mentioned that before to me in a previous conversation we had, like when you go directly in the shop, you're in between customer. You don't want to interfere with the actual people who are, you know, actual customer come to buy and you don't want to be in the way and you don't want to be looking like a nuisance, like an annoyance, annoyance, is that a word? Um, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be, you don't want to be in the way basically. Cause, and you know, also do, being in that position, depending on the personality of the person, depending on, you know, whether they had a long day already or not, um, whatever mood they're on, if they have had their cigarette break or not, you know, there's so many parameters that could, so depending on, depending on, um, yeah, the, 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 the mood of the person at, at this very time you're coming in, unannounced you know obviously it could go very well if it's quiet and the person is in a good mood or it could go very wrong and the person is just like i don't have time for you right now i don't want to be sold anything because most likely you're trying to sell me something because that's how they used to get like most of the most of um sales uh wholesale um yeah they're going directly in the shops and you know trying to have a chat so i think i would prepare the chat like i would pre prepare the opportunity as much as I can so that it's not a surprise for them and so that it's a moment they choose it's a moment of their time they chosen to give me rather than I'm taking a moment a moment of their time if that makes sense that would be the first thing I don't know if that answer a lot of your question if there was there, there was something else behind that question I think that you were saying oh, that was really helpful I've actually written that down uh <laughs> So yeah, and I guess when you do actually speak to the owners, are there, do you have any tips on like, you know, how to um, get the boat, like the most useful feedback? Mm. So, you know how I told you, don't like, don't go with your list of question. Of course, like, don't make it sound like an interview because 
Not because, um, well, the, the reason why I'm saying this is because it, it's human nature to try and guess what the other person wants us to say, mm. right? It's just our, our human nature. So um, we're biased to be biased, if that makes sense. Like if, if you're asking me a very specific question, um, I'm going to try and guess, it's not going to be conscious, but I'm going to try and guess what you would expect me to tell you or what you want me to say or what you want to hear. What does she want to hear and give you that answer? So the answer is not going to be going to be their very own personal opinion. So what I would do is making sure that you've got at least, I would say five very specific question that you know you really need an answer to right and then you can prepare that in advance before the chat and try and try and even rehearse that with a friend you know or your or your husband um re rehearse the conversation how can you go around that topic in a very more casual conversational way without ever explicitly you know, pointing out this is the specific question that I have. Um, and often it's, it's really like, it's hard to give you specific tips with that because it's really about having a conversation and making sure that you're actively listening to what they're saying so that you can rephrase what they're saying. So, you know, so if I understand well, you're saying that this and this and that, and that's the reason why this and this and that. And maybe they're gonna say, yes, exactly. And they're gonna continue and they're gonna develop or they're gonna say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. And they're gonna, you know, jump on and re-explain re what they actually meant. So it's really about, yeah, trying to make the conversation as casual as possible around kind of like basic topics, but asking you know details like of why of how you know and and rephrasing is really like a very good um a very good um, um exercise or you know to make that basically to make them confirm that you've you've actually understood what they're saying you're also showing them doing that you're also showing them that you're actively listening to them and you're actually caring about what they're saying which is a really good thing for your relationship because just having this chat with that person you're starting building a relationship with them so that's like you know good points for you as well but um yeah rephrasing is really going to help you confirm um that you understood what they said and if if not then they're going to explain more and they're going to rephrase or you know come back to what they were saying okay so no what i meant was blah 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 and that's how you're going to get to the bottom of things um i would say so but I would have, yeah, I would have my five core questions that I need to kind of get an answer to and see how within a casual conversation, because obviously you've been through these, um, you've been talking to these people already. So you have an idea of what kind of topics you're kind of going around, you know, so what time do you get, you know, what, what time do you get up in the morning? Like, why did you start this business? Like, how's it work? How is it to work with a family? So all of these kind of like casual conversation topics, um, and how within these you can like start narrowing down to what you want them to reveal to you without directly asking them that, you know, 
so it's kind of like you know layer by layer and because you build that the, the you build trust as well doing that where if you come it's it's a weird thing to say but it's like if you had someone who say hey do you want to come have sex with me tonight you know <laughs> never met them before and they're and you're in the street and and like no i don't know you you're creepy you know like what uh, but if you're like hey um i've noticed you were reading this book earlier in the train and i really love that book what's your favorite part of this book and like can we have a coffee later and blah 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 and then you start building it's layers right i mean i guess my sex example was a bit <laughs> crazy but um but it's 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 really you know it's really about making sure that yeah if you go straight for the question they're gonna try to assume the answer you want them to say and they're not going to give you your the answer that you actually need um and it might be even uncomfortable to have that direct asking uh, straight away as well so it's not like direct asking direct question like very specific direct question um for me doing that um research work is like the opposite of what you want to do you need to have them because you need to know what you're looking for because if you just go in there without an objective without a goal then what's the point you know like yeah it's good to know the people that you're gonna buy from uh, that you're gonna try to you know um sell to and your audience and and there's a lot of information that you're gonna get out of it but if you don't know what you're looking for you're not going to go far, you know, so you do need to have, you do need to know what are the questions that you want an answer to, but then try to see how you can go around them without directly asking. And I think rehearsing is a really good way to do it. I, I, I've done that before, personally. I will definitely be boring my husband on that. Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. Welcome. Um, no, I see the time good. flying, sorry. I see the time flying and um, I just wanted to ask you very briefly before we wrap up, if there was anything else that you wanted to ask me or if there was anything else you wanted to add about your journey or um, yeah, anything else about your business and then we could wrap up. Um, I think that's most of it for me. Um, I think I just have a little surprise for your listeners. All right. Um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, we've actually got a special discount for, um, any of your listeners. It's, um, if they order on sorcery, their first order for the first order, they will get 15 pounds off, um, as long as the order is over hundred pounds. Um, and also if they are a sustainable brand, cause I know a lot of your, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of your listeners are people like us, um, then it would be, um, yeah, then please do go on our site as well. We're currently looking for more brands to join our platform and um, for early birds um, like you, then we would also have 50% off commission for the first year as well. Oh, wow, brilliant. Well, thank you very much. And we'll make sure to put all of the details of that in the description down below, whether it's on Spotify, or if you're watching this on YouTube or anywhere else, you will find information. 
Um, well, thank you so much, Zoe. That was absolutely a pleasure to have this conversation with you, as it is every time, but this time recorded and to share with our community. And um, if you are yourself a um, positive impact entrepreneur or positive impact business startup, whichever you label yourself, as long as you want to have a positive impact with your business, um, we are welcoming you, you know, in our community. Yeah, we'll link um, all of the details down below and um, we hope to meet you anytime soon. And yeah, Zoe, thanks again for being with me today. And it was absolutely amazing. And to learn more about how um, also, you know, you've grown so much since the first time we've met. And it's like a pleasure to see you bloom. You know, it's really, really a pleasure. Thanks, Lucy. I, you know, on or off air, I love chatting to you anyway. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Me too. All right. Well, have a good day and see you soon. Bye.